1: Hey guys, welcome into today's show. It's Sunday, February 19th. This is going to be a new show that myself, the OBR Film Breakdown, and Brad Ward, we put together every Sunday through All Eyes on Cleveland. We are going to be doing, um, we're going to call it Hot Takes Sunday, but it's really not necessarily tied to having a ludicrous take. I think with Hot Takes, Brad, people tend to think it's got to be some off-the-wall idea. And and I get why that is because of today's media culture and all that. But what I want to do is essentially every Sunday put out a short pod I'm not going to to tie it to being short. Some could be a little longer. Some could be shorter. I don't care the length, but it's just a spot for as we think through the week of Brown's content, which we do at the OBR in a unique way through free agency mocks and, and uh, draft study and, and mock drafts of draftable players and stuff. I think it's a fun thing to kind of at the end of the week, maybe an article we didn't get a chance to write because we didn't have the time. A thought that wasn't quite enough for a whole podcast, something along those lines. But just an opinion we have on where the Browns are, where they've been or where they're going that we just want to put out there into the Internet world and let people hear it, hear about it. And again, this could be big, grandiose. It could be very minor. Right. Um, but I think it's it's a cool thing on Sunday to do a quick little pod um, again, averaging hopefully in the 10 to 10 five to 10 minute range. I hope it uh, could, like I said, could go longer. But the general idea is put something out there, something you've been thinking, talk through it for a few few minutes and let it let it fester. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't. Could be you're nervous, could be you're excited, anything in between. So I like the idea. Brad, what do you think?
2: I love it. I'm excited. I'm excited about it, actually. This is great. Fantastic. Love it.
1: All right. To- so totally listen, approved. let's start it off. Uh, okay. I love it. That. So what we're going to do is, uh, I'll start off and then Brad will have his thrown out. We'll talk about it. If there's nothing to talk about around it, you could just say, hey, man, you know, that's quite the take and move on. Or we could have some discussion points around it. Um, I'm going to start. I think one thing that I continue to think about this offseason, and I haven't wrote about it, and I'm not sure if I will. Maybe I will after the draft. There's just not enough time with everything going on going on leading up to it. My thing is, uh, so Drew Petson got hired today officially. We mm-hmm. knew that was coming. I think most people and Brown circles had a feeling that was coming uh, to join Jonathan Gannon out in Arizona is we have not we've yet to see any staff decision making with the Browns. And, 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 you know, you can make something out of this or you can make nothing out of this. That's your call. Now we feel that they're going to have to make a move at quarterback coach. Who knows what that will be? Uh, we'll, we'll leave that discussion for another day. But I think the thing that I continue to go back to, Brad, and that's through mock drafts, free agency, whatever, is the fact that the Browns' offense has to change insanely between what we've seen and where they're going. I think that I had talked myself into fitting Deshaun Watson into everything that Kevin Stefanski has traditionally done, and I have gone completely away from that. I think that if, if the Browns do not change their offense to, to have a massive uptick in 11 personnel – improve wide receiver, whether through trade, free agency, probably not free agency, through trade or the draft, and become much better out operating out of a shotgun 11 personnel because there are so many examples of this across the NFL right now where this is working tied also to where Deshaun has been most comfortable in his career, that if they roll out the same offense next year, I will be completely out on where they're going. And, I, and that probably includes the head coach. So, you know, I'm an ardent Kevin Stefanski fan. I have been that way. I believe in what he's done so far, but I'm going to put it out there kind of officially that if they don't alter what they're doing offensively to a degree that is completely different than what his baseline is. Now, I'm not saying they can't get under center and do some of the stuff he's like, but they need to be a higher volume 11 personnel. They need to be high volume shotgun, and they need to develop an inside zone baseline some outside zone from the same look, still can use gap schemes, but their predictability from the gun was a problem. Their predictability from under center was a problem. They have to introduce more RPO wrinkles. They have to introduce a completely different... I I really think we're underselling how much they have to, to, to change this offense, and it's It's something he should be capable of doing. And if he's not capable of doing and they roll back out the same sort of Kirk Cousins, Baker Mayfield, Jacoby Brissett style and approach, I cannot get behind it because he is not as gifted a play caller as McVay and he's not as gifted a play caller as Shanahan from those baselines. If he can get into the right grouping of personnel usage and comfortability for his quarterback, then I think he can make it work, consistently make it work. So they need to overhaul the the theory of how they're approaching offense. That's my kind of general point. Now I've had that sort of festering. If you listen to my pods, you probably heard me lay breadcrumbs of this quite often about changes I hope to see. And again, I do hope to put the pen to paper and uh, you know well, I guess finger to keyboard and type this up hmm. at some point later. But that's my stance. If they roll back out the same offense, or they draft a tight end early, or they 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 make twelve personnel. Continually a big part of what they do, I'm going and 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 God forbid 13 personnel or that sixth offensive lineman all the time. I'm going to have some issues, so that that will be where I will be the first foot outside of the Kevin Stefanski circle of belief if they continue to do those. So that's my it's a it's it's a relatively hot take. There's it's not really that hot because we're not into the next season, and it's not like he's not done it yet. I believe they can do it. They have they have themselves talked about changing the offense as is they did these six games and they flirted around with what kevin is most comfortable with and i understand on the fly they could not change everything six weeks left in the season but i think brad you would agree with me that the problems were pretty evident and they need to alter their approach so that's my take do you have a response to my hot take brad I I do.
2: I I do. Can I – a couple things. Uh, One thing along the lines of this thinking that I have been thinking a lot about that we talked about last time is, you know, we talked about the targets for like a third wide receiver and like – you know, what if they go out and spend or get a wide receiver in an offense and they still get, like, the 30 or 40 targets that, say, David Bell and Michael Woods garnered this year as opposed to, like, uh, Boyd, right, in Cincinnati or McKenzie in Buffalo who get 75 to 80. Like, you got to make it worth it, right? And this is what you're talking about. My concern, uh, I've been talking about that a lot this week. Can they change enough to do that? Because that's, like... Like, I think Stefanski at heart wants to throw. Jake, I don't think that's the issue. I think he wants to throw the ball. The question is, like, you're like, he should be able to make this change easily. How hard is it going to be for him to change, like, the way they throw it, I guess, from his root core of, like, what is he, what he is, like, what's ingrained in him? Uh, I think yeah. like I don't, I don't. When think you're like be too he hard, easily pivots from that, you don't think it'll be hard. I I, I worry about I, that I, a little
1: I bit. Let me put it this way: It's not that it won't be hard. I think it's it, it's he can't not do it. It's it's still baseline football stuff. Even if you get in the gun, you're still doing some of the principles, whether through yes. empty or you know uh, an offset running back in the backfield with you and gun, you're still doing a lot of the West Coast staple things. You're also doing a lot of the tiered stuff, the single high reads, the 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 backside concepts All, I don't think they have to overhaul that what I want them to do is sort of change the baseline of their running game and how they approach it and mirror their shotgun stuff to being able to be a successful shotgun run team because if you can put Watson in the gun consistently have RPO options consistently have plus one reads from read uh, you know zone reads and and gap reads and different things where he can read that backside edge or read an interior player and pull it and run like he's He's not Jalen Hurts athlete athletic, but he's athletic. He can he yes. can be a plus one in your run game. So like I look at what Philly did and there is no reason you cannot emulate that. There's really no reason you cannot run a similar structure. Now Kevin I understand he was brought up in the Kubiak tree and that's like what he's always wanted to run. And you can mm. keep some of those staples, but if they fail to expand upon what they do and, and Callahan can teach inside zone, he can teach inside zone. He can teach tight. He gets duo. It's all, it's a lot of similar stuff from the gun. It's just, Hey, we're less lateral run game. We're going to be more tight oriented with our zone approach. And, and, and you know, it's like in 2019, he ran a lot of gun stuff with Freddie kitchens and, and obviously Nick Chubb can run whatever you want him to run. So like, I think they need to just find a way to live in a world where their gun stuff is really covered up, and it can be um, tough to decipher for defenses. And I think that that's that's my hope. Like, if they can't figure that out, then they're not. He's not the guy offensively. He's not who I thought he was, and he's not the answer here long term. So, like, that's that's pretty much where I am, Brad. That it's not. It's I think the question you asked is is very fair. It's not his most comfortable stuff. But if he can't spend an offseason here figuring out how to implement it, do it, work it, then, Hey man, this might not be for you. And, and you should have yeah. an offensive coordinator working with you who should be able to do this. And that's the thing. If Drew Petzing was as good as they, as some people, I don't know. I mean, I don't know any, Drew Petzing has worked in Cleveland now for a year, two years. I, I don't know anything about him. He's never spoke. I've no. never heard him no. say anything. They've never done any interviews with him. All of a sudden he's this, and like, should I be worried about that? If they liked him that much, if he was in love with Drew Petzing and where that guy <laughs> was going, he would have moved Alex Van Pelt out and kept him and promoted him. But they're, they're, like, I just, you know, I don't know. He could go do a great job in Arizona. I find that to be a really, really challenging offensive coordinator spot and head coach yes. spot in general for Jonathan Gannon. But like, I I just, I put it this way. Kevin seems very comfortable with who he's with. I'm, I'm glad that this sort of happened to force their hand to have to hire a quarterback coach. If they promote within, I'll be pretty annoyed. Or if they revert and let Van Pelt run quarterback coach and offensive coordinator again, I really won't like that. I think this is a great opportunity to bring in some outside opinion. Um, and again, we'll talk about this l- later this week when we figure out what direction they're going, but like, I need Kevin to be out of his comfort zone this year in terms of just the baseline stuff they're doing, because I feel like defenses is, as de- as years have worn on defensives defenses have started to figure out what he's doing. So yeah. I have a really good baseline for tendencies and so, so on and so forth. And I think they really need to be out in front of the curve here with what they're doing offensively and, and really and really cater to their personnel, so I'm hoping they do more of that. That's my take, though. If they don't change it, you want to know the first time Jake is like, "I'm I can't be in on this anymore." That's when it'll happen for me. So just kind of yeah. putting that out into the world.
2: I agree. Uh, I'm I'm all with you. I mean, you gotta it's gotta be what Deshaun likes because what he likes, he's gonna be good at, and it's gonna find you success. Uh, and uh, so you've got to find a way to make that be. Your, 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 your core, right? Your, your, yeah. where your yeah. offense Deshaun is. Deshaun will be right? in,
1: yeah. Deshaun, Deshaun will have the voice. He, he should have a huge play in what he's most comfortable with. I'm sure they will. They talked about it. I'm not trying to make it an issue, Brad. I'm really, I'm not. And that's the whole point: is this hot take stuff on Sundays we're doing here? These are just talking through thoughts. This is not like we're yeah. speaking yeah. things into existence or or even really truly 100 million percent believe it. I, I do think that they are saying the right things at the end of the year to make it work. To, to, to do this, and I hope that they the breadcrumbs they're laying are going to manifest into a new offense, at least st- sort of structurally baseline next year. So I'm just putting it out there that this is how I feel, and I, I and we'll see if they actually uh, go out and make some moves or, or or do the things to to switch it up for next year. So that's mine. Good we're going to take a quick break. Yeah, we're going to take a quick break for this episode, come back, and Brad is going to give his hot take. So listen, stick around. Go we'll get a snack. Listen to some ads. We'll be right back. All right. Next to the plate, hitting second in the batting order is Brad Ward. He's really our RBI guy. We try to get him as many plate appearance. Man, baseball's right around the corner, Brad. Yeah, it wait. is. I'm pumped about it this year. Um, Gardo's hot take. Twins, Twins are getting the the off season love. Brad, Guardians continue to win the division. That's my hot Conti- take. Not absolutely. Even a hot take. Tot- anyway, all in. yep. <laughs> um, let's do. Let's hear yours. Let's dig in and see if see what we got. All right. So I. I, I
2: I don't even know if I this is kind of in the theme of the show. Like I don't even know if I really fully believe that like this is what the Browns should do, but I think it should be considered or I'm going to throw the idea out there. I was doing my mock free agency yep. over the weekend. Um, which
1: is fun man it gets you thinking a lot it's it? awesome Good yeah stuff. it puts you through yeah.
2: a lot of thoughts and how this thing works and i did it with like the real money projections and everything to try to keep it at a reasonable like this is doable right and um i'm working through this and i'm looking at some stuff like okay they need a wide receiver there's some guys i like in the trade market but i don't want to give up any draft capital that they do have and And, like, a lot of, like, your choices along the edge – I'm getting in the weeds a little bit here, but I'll get out real quick, okay Uh, – are, like, a couple rotational pieces maybe the way that, like, you go because it's cheaper to throw a couple rotational pieces in at edge, and then maybe you've solved your problem there. And I'm like, I like that, but I really like Arden Key more or somebody like that more, right? And I'm like, how do you swing this? So my thing is this, right? I was really disappointed in the way Wyatt Teller played last year. Like, extremely disappointed in it. He underperformed his contract massively. Like, I know, like, his grades go 2020, PFF grade, right? Overall, 92-9. 2021, 849 2022, 70.3. Now, that's still good. He's, like, the 16th best guard or something like that in the NFL. So he's still up there. But you're paying him $12.5 million base a year. Um, and that's underperforming the contract considerably, especially when you have a guy in Froholt who started four games at right guard and put up scores of, uh, I have it right here, I promise, uh, put up scores of 69-6, uh, 60.3, 64.5, and then after the bye a 76.9, uh, in the 64-5 game against, uh, which was the Cincinnati game that they won in Week 8, uh, he had an 87.3 pass protection grade. And that is where you had your saw your struggles, mainly, like, in the second half of the season, even worse for Teller, he, he really falls to league average in his grades, and his pass protection was god-awful. Uh, he was getting run right around. So, I get, that might be a little harsh. It, it, he struggled, okay? He struggled. So, my thing is... Trade him. See what he's worth. I think he's worth a third-round pick. Um, And I think you, if you get a third back for him, you get $12.5 million off the books, uh, and you take that third and and, and do something with it, right? Like, now you have something to play mm-hmm. with. You have an extra pick. If you want to use it in the draft, that's fine. In my mock, I used it to trade for Elijah Moore. Um, and then uh, I use the extra money to then instead of citing a rotational guy sign Arden key uh so that's what I you know but it gives you some more options. I don't want to pay a guard twelve and a half million dollars when I have a guy right behind him that can do the same thing Jake
1: yeah I, I didn't I made a face there it was because Kevin Love just signed with Miami when I saw them in the uniform I was like, oh that sucks um uh but to your point, which is very well stated, the Wyatt Teller thing is, Delicate, he. And this is a large part of why, like the Ethan Posich love, is interesting to me. We have this sample size of Ethan Posich not being really good. Then we have one year where he plays pretty well, gets hurt, comes back, kind of starts to look like the player he was before. But people are like, "Gotta resign Postage. Hey, man. Sometimes guys have outlier years. And what makes a guy great? The Joel Betonios, in Treader too is year after year after year of stellar play. That's who they are. It is very possible, Brad, Wyatt Teller at the right time played the right football and he got paid because of it. And this is more who he is than what we had flashed in front of us. This is why the Bills, who were even at the time desperate for offensive line play in front of Josh Allen, were very comfortable with moving off of him for late picks. Like... I like Wyatt Teller. Yeah. He's clearly a phenomenal athlete, and I think he's he's fine. He's good when he's right. The thing that is interesting and in what they're probably weighing is a couple things to respond to your point. The rest of the league has seen it too, so mm-hmm. he has a fat contract and he has not played well in 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 a, about twenty game sample size. He's had he had this is this is the tie into that twenty game sample size. When the year started, he was pretty good. Then he had the calf injury, and then it was a decline. So what they have to weigh is, was the calf injury the issue? How durable is he? You know, you right. paid Joel Batonio because the SOB is out there every single week. You paid Wyatt Teller because I think you thought he was going somewhere, and he kind of has had these nagging injuries over the past few years. The injuries are hurting him. So the question isn't how good is Wyatt Teller. We, I think we've seen the peak of what Wyatt Teller can be. Sure. Very good, but can he play well when he's dinged up? Can right. he play well when he's hurt? Because you're going to get dinged up, and he doesn't seem to play very well when he's dinged up, and if you're paying him that handsomely, that's a problem. Now, the problem is the other people know the problem. So while we want to move him, it's not that we're moving him on a great contract so I would love to trade. This is the thing that Brown's circles get really bad at, Brad. And this is not pointed at you. No. But this idea that like, hey, trade Jedrick Wills. Yeah. Or trade it. Hey, man, everybody else knows the same issues you want to trade that guy because of. Like, they know it too. They have access to PFF grades. They have access to all 22 tape. They see it. So if somebody were to genuinely offer a third round pick for Wyatt Teller and take that contract, I'd have a hard time turning that down because I do think they could get similar guard play from Froholt or somebody else Michael Dunn or draft there's a really nice group of mid-round draft options in the 100s at guard that you could you could probably bring in and again a lot of people make a great point Brad about hey you have Bill Callahan who's supposed to be one exactly. of the bigger net like the bigger coaching net advantages in the league and like you paid two guards so I like Wyatt. I think he likes Cleveland. He, 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 he you know, his, his wife does great things around the community, whatever, whatever. Like, I think I get it, but I also get the angle of wanting to potentially move off him. But I also got to think in the back of my mind, other teams probably see the similar issues. Do they feel comfortable taking on his cap number? Yeah, and it's like, hmm, I don't know. And there's not enough good offensive linemen in the league, so it's not like some team would not be willing to do that. It's just, it's less black and white than people think it is, right? Where it's like you have this, you like going into Madden and putting the player up, and hey, that's a good deal, and this this other team will take it. It's just, it's delicate. I do see where he could be viewed as, you know, damaged goods. I also see where the Browns can think if we could just keep this guy healthy. He can be an All Pro player again, but the point is, some guys deal with nagging injuries better than other guys do, and you have an example in house of a guy who deals with it, fights through it, and continues to put up All Pro. I mean, Joe Batonio is heading toward the Pro or toward the Hall of Fame. Like, yeah, if he puts up another All Pro season or two, he's got every bit the argument to be a Hall of Famer, and like. You know, I just it's delic- the the Wyatt Teller stuff here is in a very delicate spot. It really it is. is. So, um and, and I, agree. I like your take. I would I would be very interested in moving him. But again, who's the real market for that movement, you know?
2: That was my my main concern and I you know, I talked through it with Jack like, "Hey, you know, I was like, "Hey, what are they going to Can they realistically get a third cuz he did yeah. the trade value pieces on everybody and that's what yeah. he had was it's 2023 third for Wyatt. So mm-hmm. I talked through it with him. That's what he thought. But I get your point. Like, we see this.
1: I realize it. Then somebody else does too. Uh, yeah, so like, they're, they're like, trade Jedrick Wills for a second. Hey, man, yeah. if you're willing to just give up on this 24 year old Jedrick Wills, like, for like who, who out there is going to give up a second that, that, yes. that has this great opinion? You think that only Browns. People can see the film like, like that's yeah, the thing that exactly. cracks me up. Nick Chubb discussion is different because he's in his peak and he's great and we know it. And like you can you can say. But that's the thing. People never want to trade guys who are performing well. That's why the Nick trade discussions are uncomfortable for some people because it's like, well, he's really good. And I know that. But I want to trade Jedrick Wills. But, I, you know, I can get a second round pick or a third round pick. for If you think he's as bad as you think he is, you know who else probably thinks that, too? The other yeah. 31 teams in the NFL. So you're not going to get that value. You know, that's just, yeah. it's just a thing. It's just a thing I noticed. So he,
2: yeah, he's high paid. Absolutely. And that makes it hard, right? The 12 and a half million base makes it hard. And, and the thing, other thing that makes it, the reason why I would, if somebody, I would hop on it now, or at least strongly consider it, if you got an offer like that is because you could probably still sell to people that, Hey, he was hurt last year. You know, look, he 92, 84, dropped up to 70. He was hurt and he was still, uh, you can still throw an overarching number like 16th best guard in the league. Although if you dig into it and pull back some layers a little more, you probably see that he was a little worse than that down the second half, right? Like, so you can still kind of wrap gift wrap it that way. But like, if he struggles with injuries next year and we see the same thing, that opportunity is completely gone.
1: Yeah. That's that's the biggest thing. Like you can draw a very clear line between pre calf strain which calf strains are are yep. bitch. They they suck. You can see a clear line between he got hurt here, he was performing well and then he wasn't. But you have to play with nagging injuries in the NFL. Those really don't go away. So how well yeah. can you handle them? If you can't handle them, then that's just ultimately who you are. Like that's just ultimately who you are. So that's an element of it that I don't think people discuss like, "Oh yeah, if he's just healthy. Well, hey man, 17 games he's not getting younger he's probably going to be nicked up every season 100%. he's going to perform like this when he's nicked up Then that's just who he is because guys are never 100% healthy once the year gets rolling so that's the element of of risk you're trying to kind of weigh out you know what i mean
2: yeah absolutely uh and and believe me like I, i'm not sold on this this is just something went through my head that i thought was worth yep. throwing out there it was good this is a good and form for
1: it This is, this is exactly the point of what will be now hot take Sunday, where we do just throw thoughts out. We're throwing thoughts out. We're not fully like thought through it. There could be elements that the other person presents that kind of counteracts what we're thinking. And that's the point of it. Just to talk through things that we are, uh, you know, things that we're thinking on Sunday for the Browns. So um, yeah, I think it's an interesting angle. It kind of spins off Brad's things. I think I know about the Cleveland Browns, um, which is usually a weekend piece for Brad, which is, which is a ton of fun. So we'll sort of spin off of that, but I I think this is a really good angle to take sort of not necessarily uh, always hot takey, but just things we think we know that we want to talk through. So um, yeah, we'll leave it at that uh, here on Sunday. This is a pretty fun idea for, for Brad all eyes on Cleveland, For myself, Jake Burns with the OBR Film Breakdown, this will be your uh, hopefully Sunday pod throughout the offseason if if, uh, time permits for us. So continue to stop in, check it out. We appreciate you guys very much for being here. Have a great Sunday whenever you listen to this or Monday if you're listening to this on Monday. We appreciate you stopping by. Uh, As we always say, go Browns.